podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We're all whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or mugging. In fact, we'll take it seriously. We're only bugging. <laughs> Hello, my name's Mark Webster. This is the Whistleblowers, and it's the Whistleblowers which is uh, arrived here uh, on a day, as we speak here, which is uh, just a few hours old, uh, that the result came in from Warrington. And uh, Mr. Kevin Day, Mr. Martin Gritton, uh, in a weird way, we're sitting, Man City are, are going for it, probably, as we speak in, this, in the conversation, but I think there's... there's that there are uh, more important matters to deal with than this matter, there. And, and, yeah. and shall we? Yes, I, I, I don't know whether it was a surprise. I don't think in their wildest dreams that they thought when the inquest happened they would get that, that result. This is the right result. Yes. Um, I'm not qualified to answer the question whether it's any, any way a consolation to the people who lost. But there will be a lot of people listening to this who don't recall what football was like in mm, those times. Good point who don't recall, and I'm not going to exaggerate and say it was a life-threatening experience every time you went, but as often as not, it was an unpleasant experience, and quite often that experience was made worse by the attitude of the police, who, mm. who pretty much blamed fans for anything that happened and were the cause of a lot of the trouble. Because if, if, if you treat people, it's an old cliche, you treat people like animals, sometimes they will respond like animals, but in this case, they didn't, and it's, it's good that finally, despite the efforts at the time by the police and some tabloid newspapers to lay the blame at the, the, the door of the fans, finally it's been acknowledged that no fan behaviour contributed to what happened. And that from the very top of the FA and the police, there was such a disregard and contempt for the well-being of the average football fan that that was literally an accident waiting to happen. And it's... I, I, again, the next step is to see whether anybody is, is prosecuted. I'm not yeah. entirely sure... True. I'm not entirely sure what would be served by that at this... At this stage, but again, it's where the word "justly" actually becomes a, a sensible word. I think this I guess, is as yeah. close as you get. Getting the acknowledgement that the, those deaths were unlawful, I think, is a huge step. And, and in some ways, there's part of me that thinks there's no time limit on justice. But there's part of me that thinks that maybe this is the the place to leave yeah. it. And again, that's something that you would have to be. I think you should be guided by the family of the victim. But this is a major step forward, and hopefully, it's. A, a step towards those families getting some peace at last. It is horrible. Uh, it, exactly the, the point that Kevin makes, Martin, isn't it? Is the fact that it's the time, I think, that is the most offensive part of this because you can see that the circumstances prevailed. It happened. We understand that it happened. We can understand the prevarication, but my God, the suffering that's gone on since. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. I'd, I'd second what Kevin says there. I think it's a. You know, it's been such a sensitive area to, to, to discuss that, you know, that wouldn't possibly try to understand the complexities that have, the things that have happened in the last 27 years, but it's some sort of closure and hopefully some sort of satisfaction for the families that have, that have had to deal with this. Absolutely the, the, right. The trouble is as well, for those of us who remember what it was, what it was like in Palace were at home to Everton when word started filtering through, and it was some hours before the full enormity of it. But the trouble is that football fans had such a bad reputation at the time, a reputation that was managed by the press and by the government who were, you know, the government were a year, the year before had talked about banning football and then yeah. talked about identity cards. The reputation of football fans was so low that people were only too willing to believe 
the it, shocking it things in the press. to make yeah, sense. Of course it did. And as soon yeah, as, yeah, yeah. As, as, soon as yeah. the Sun started putting those headlines out, as soon yeah. as people watching the game were talking about national... And the rest of the, the public... It was only those of us who went to football games who went, hang on, this has been waiting to happen. Because those of us who didn't just went, well, they're animals. And well, about the, the, uh, I, so. it's, you know, obviously, and... and, and well done, everybody involved, and and obviously the whatever a range of emotions you want to deal with this one here, uh, you know it, it's out there for you now. And uh, just on a, on a very basic and personal level, uh, Kevin and I are delighted to say that we were both once sat by Kelvin McKenzie. Yes, so we, we can at least carry that one forward there. Well, uh, also another thing as well in passing, just I think it's good to recognise. Yeah, Rafa Benitez has got a lot of critics for his demeanour. But the welcome he got back from the Liverpool fans on on Saturday yeah. is an indication of how much he's done for that campaign yeah, and how much so he's been. Yeah, we were set by Kelvin McKenna. We were for using long words. It was. It was. It was. It was. And the word. It's a good a way to go down as any. <laughs> and the word, well, he, to be fair, he had warned us, and then we used the word anthropomorphism. Yeah, and he, he came straight in and didn't even yeah. finish the show. We were off. <laughs> to be honest, it was, it was one word enough to get two men yeah. sacked, which is which yeah. is actually is a decent enough word for yeah. that. Sunday night was an interesting night for all of us, gentlemen. I got, yeah, um, I got no Mr. Martin Gritton and I. Obviously, because of course we are, you know, our noses are the grindstone, we've got our ploughs in the furrow. We were there. We're football matter, weren't we, Martin? High roll in it. The, the yeah, PFAs, we was. Yeah. Yes, on, we the, was. on the table nearest, I think they were, technically we were still outside the grown of the judge of the <laughs> table. If you, if you see photographs of it, <laughs> it's the only photographs you'll see of the PFA walls in which you can see a wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Within two <laughs> foot of the, per, the last person in our picture. What, but what? near the toilets, conveniently, and the bar. Yeah. So, that, uh, that's true. You true. Know, there's a, every cloud. But, what, but Martin, what, Martin, what did you make, Martin, of... Uh, I'd be interested to hear this as a player, of Tottenham players not being allowed to go... I totally... But I, having I, I, lost... I totally, understood, <laughs> I totally understood that. And, I, and do you know what? I thought it was the... It's the right thing in that situation because you're drilled so... Right. You're regimented so hard all season, like, <clears throat> you can't go out the night before, you can't do this. Yeah. Oh, fine, but you okay. can't even go to, like, the cinema. You, you, all those things were frowned upon, so if you saw a player out... So the fact that he did that, if anything, it made... Because usually at this point of the season, they'll, they'll, they'll manufacture the fixtures to suit Chelsea, ah. Man United, City, yeah, Arsenal. But here we, here we go. Let me so, ask you that yeah. question now. Now, given the time in the season... Were Spurs not screwed by the fact that Leicester totally. got to play a game on Sunday afternoon and go and then accept their plaudits, you know, in, in, at the Grove Rouse on Park Lane, and Spurs had to watch all that happen? That, that strikes me as... Uh, they, should they have rearranged that, Kevin? I, I know a little bit about the logistics of these things. So the fact is, at the start of the season, there might have been some people saying, well, Tottenham players might be represented. Nobody would have been saying Leicester players would be... Represent the trouble is that the fixtures are it's it's Sky no no it's not it's Sky and BT it's whatever Sky and BT want but Sky and BT are not going to worry about uh, the the logistics or the people turning up at an awards do but I think we're talking about almost the Sanya gate though the West Ham thing no no I think we're turned over I think we're Tottenham have been turned over and I think this is entirely wrong the fact that they've had four games in a row where they've played after Leicester I think is. I mean, so always uh, playing catch uh, up for all, physically. Uh, for all that Pochettino says, that's fine. We can only win our games. I think that must be wearing. Yeah, it must was, wear you out. In the end. It would, would it get in your head, yeah. by? It, it, it was Celtic Rangers the other weekend. Obviously, being a Celtic fan, but going second, the, the way that the penalty, it's like going second in a penalty shoot right. after the other person yes. scored, and it being, yeah. a, it's like all you can do is lose that situation. You yeah. know, I know it sounds, but that's what it feels so like. So it's set up 
perfectly for the drama, but of course it seems a little bit one-sided, mm. doesn't it? it does. Because basically, back to that point, the PFAs, you know, might not watch them. They, they, I think they were helicoptered in. Yep. They turned up just after the, 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 the main course, I do believe. And the heroes welcome for yeah. everybody. Yeah. Four players on the PFAs. Yeah. Mar- you know, you, you've got the PFA Player of the Year. There's a psychological advantage, isn't there, but given Martin to, you know, to, to Leicester other Spurs in this case? Perhaps. I think we're seeing this because Spurs didn't win. And I think there uh, is true, and yes, that and yes. that came down to the fact that they didn't play well enough, and you know. Yeah. But I, I totally that that could be a psychological thing. But um, Pochettino and the, the the rest of the t- the way that they performed, you would think that that's not really psychologically they'd have been strong enough to to deal with that. Well, also, it might create that thing where we saw them. You know, we've not been recognised. We've not been respected. Ah, so a sort of yeah. Bit, yeah, yeah, the bit it, between your teeth. So a sort of backs against all much of the way that yeah, our table was. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That psychology was interesting because we were we were recording the Palace podcast last night, which was a total hungover waste of time. <laughs> but watching Graham Sooners afterwards Gets talk about but Sooners talking about the the Tottenham team afterwards, saying the Tottenham team couldn't manage the expectations. They were too young, too inexperienced. None of the Leicester players have been in a situation no. where they've no. had to manage that. So I thought I thought Sooners, I thought he was too quick to head for the psychological profile element of that. It's just it's just. Games caught up with yeah. them. And West, West Brom are very well yeah, organised. West Brom aren't yeah. mugs. You know yeah. I mean? That's the and, thing. And Tony Pulis will not let West Brom just, uh, just not, cruise well, home. Especially the not, especially not after their performance against Arsenal, no. which was a very so feeble. That so, learned them a lesson, didn't yeah. it? Exactly. And, and yeah. I think because Pulis is one of those play- managers has always said. It only happens in the English league. It only happens in the Scottish league that every team will turn up end of the season. They'll do a shift against any other team. And at Arsenal, they didn't do that. So he would have sent his players out, especially in the second half against Tottenham. To, to and the fact is, it's just really hard for. And it's no consolation for Tottenham fans, but they've had a brilliant season, and yeah, they're a better football team. Yeah, you'd rather watch Tottenham play football than Leicester. But and again, we all buy into the romance of the Leicester story. Of course, we do, but. Tottenham are a team that you would pay money to go and watch, and Tottenham do look like a team that are capable of doing it again. I think that's the point, though, isn't it? Is, is, is that, is that there's, there's an element of dynasty about Spurs, yeah. and I, I don't think within probably within the ranks, Martin of Leicester. I don't think that that's how they think anyway. Is it? They, they got. They need this one. They, they yeah, need well, this, this one. Oh. I mean, if you can retire as a footballer any one of those players to have because we were sat here having this conversation six months ago about Leicester they can't yes, do it can true. they do it can yeah. they do it and we've been saying it every week and it is a fairy, it's an absolute fairy tale but the only way that that can continue is if you keep that group of players together and you bolster that squad but it's going to be an asset stripping job at well, some point well, isn't I've, it? do you I've think it will up, even I've with the up. Champions League do you think it will be yeah, a well, case of the, the, by what they'll do is they'll sign the one or two guys that they, they'll go that step too far that well, again I'm, you know, I'm just what clubs do it's like when Blackburn won the Champions League and teams they'll buy one or two marquee European players that'll upset some sort of balance in the side right, and right, then you'll right. have to keep someone happy and then there'll be a wage yeah. there'll be a guy coming in on 80 grand a week yeah, yeah, you yeah. know so you could maybe get away with that when you had um, the, who was the midfielder they had the Italian or uh, the the guy from the Argentinian player, the bold guy who came in for like a season, everyone was like, oh, well, uh, Cambiasso. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. What a fantastic yeah. player. Um, and, but, and, he looked, and that looked like their season was done because Cambiasso was the bloke who was the, who was the bloke who understood what football yeah. was all about. Well, do, you think, do you think, Martin, though, using the, again with your experience, are, those players, if they go to bigger, I'm going to say better clubs, and that's wrong because they're going to win the Premier League. But if they go to different clubs, they go to. Will they be as good, or is it just a, is it just a unique combination of team 
and player and Ranieri and come. You, you, well, I think as a fan, you watch these games, you think they're greater than the sum of their parts yeah, because of the way there's this sort of synergy and yeah. there's this kind of collective um, responsibility in, a, in every game. They'll die for each other. And you don't get that. And you know that happens when... Rodwell goes to Man City and then goes to Sunderland. It's why Drinkwater won't, drink won't, go, won't go for 15 million quid somewhere, will he? No. Because he's a but, different animal, isn't he? It was he? an interesting... The, the, Gary Neville, I think someone was tweeting about it during the week, he's from Manchester. Now, if, if Manchester signed all the Manchester lads that are doing really well in the Premier League, <laughs> ah, I'd yeah. love to see that side yeah. play together. Same with yeah. North London. Say, yeah. put, put, all them, put these guys together because they're good enough to compete in the Premier sure. League and they would have that real, you know, that camaraderie and the, you know, the, the, the attachment to the city again so um, that would be an interesting thing I'd, I'd like to see that did, did we quite like Eden Hazard's reaction um, which is which I've got wider report and I thought it was somewhat innocuous but it seemed to have got everyone sort of like juicy slain about the fact that he said that um, he would like you know he can wait to see Spurs get beat on Monday night because he didn't want a London team when he wanted Leicester now I thought that was quite Charming, for want of a better word, and, I'll, and perhaps I'll even stick with charming. Where's, where's the where's the moral dilemma with that? I can't, I could, you know, Chelsea fans are terrified of the fact that Tottenham could could beat them, and you know, because then they so a player acknowledging it, would yeah, make because sense, then because then all the Chelsea players are worried that people would accuse them of, of not playing as well as they could or playing better than they have done to beat Tottenham. I, I want, I want. So I've never mind if if somebody's an ex Palace player comes and scores at Palace and celebrates. I don't see why anyone could get upset. I don't mind. It's, it's fine. I want players to be human beings. I want them to express opinions. I'd rather that than them being brand managed to a, within an inch of their life and being frightened to say anything. And he's only articulating what a lot of London football fans want. You don't, of course, you don't want your rivals to win. So like, I don't want Brighton to be in the Premier League. I just wouldn't have to articulate that. I get into trouble for saying it. What was annoying like, about yeah. that for me? I think Martin is the fact that um, he was expected to offer an innocuous. A political, yeah. bland, sterile yeah. answer, yeah. and actually just answer the question honestly, yeah. which I thought was actually wholly fantastic on his part. And you don't expect players to be, you still don't, even though you know he's a Chelsea player, you don't expect him to be invested in the Premier League at no, all. No, exactly. To yeah, actually exactly. care about what's what, going what, on. Yeah. What's Tottenham? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. like when Vincent Company started talking about the old Man City players when they won the league, you're like, oh, he gets it, you know, he gets yeah. a little bit of it. And even if it is, you know, saying about so he's just done his homework because he knows it's. It's a bit. Of, it's a touch of class. And, it's very true. You know, or, yeah. or it's just that affinity with the club, and and to say that this this matters to us. Yeah, of course it does. Imagine it must be heartbreaking for them when this this convention where you now have to applaud the team on when they've won the championship. Oh, yeah. it must break their hearts. Imagine you know, United have just won the championship, and City players have got to applaud them on the last game of the season. Yeah, they must hate every second second of it. And the fans, I hope the, so. The fans hate it as well. <laughs> it's just like you just. You outwardly, you're supposed to be grown up and mature and acknowledge these things, but you're seething. Of course, you are having success, having the success of your rivals rubbed into your face. Although, in, right? too, in terms of uh, things being acknowledged, uh, Martin, I should point out at this particular stage here that um, uh, I can't quite remember how it happened, but we were having a chat in the corner uh, <laughs> of the room of the PFA Awards, um, and if you see the pictures, you'll you'll notice it's a lovely tan of beige that wall where we were sitting against is that suddenly we looked around and, and, and there was a giant picture of Prince yes on yes. the stage really yeah uh, I don't, did they uh, did they sing when doves did that a there was gospel a, choir there was a when doves did they sing when doves cry, cry? Uh, yeah it took me out a bit because I was just like yeah it, it, I don't know they were ticking a lot of boxes with that one it's when Gordon Taylor sang sexy motherfucker <laughs> But I know that this whole Prince tribute had gone much too far. Oh, I'd like to think they acknowledged Ronnie Corbett as well, yeah. didn't they? And Victoria Wood and 
All the other greats. I've got, I've got be, Kevin, I've got to be brutally honest with you. I think only Prince got across the line. Really? I think I saw also with Slave written across his face. Yeah, no, was that, that was that moment. Yeah. It was signed. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah, it was. Which is obviously awkward on the back of his shirt because he's got a number, but of course, how can the referee book him? I mean, that's a tough one. It's always, it is slightly awkward, isn't it, when real life intrudes into a, a football awards dinner? Yes. They, don't, they don't acknowledge it very well, do they? No. <laughs> uh, uh, um, but it's when they try it makes it even, well, yeah. even worse. Although, of course, Kevin, why are we discussing, you know, something as, 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 as pivotal and, and, and tiny as the Sunday evening at the PFA Awards when, of course, there's a Sunday that no other people can imagine that you managed to square? What did you squeeze into your day? Uh, well, it started too early with hindsight. <laughs> the Weatherspoons Victoria at That's nine. Of you you nine had o'clock. a hindsight before you got there. I've got to be brutally yeah. honest with you. Uh, what I squeezed into my day was the first half of the FA Cup semi final and then a dash to the BAFTA award ceremony where oh Mrs. Day was waiting for me. Oh my Dickie God. Bro, where unfortunately the drink carried on being free. I didn't win the BAFTA, but uh, of the what two. What BAFTA was you in for? I was nominated for Best Writer on an entertainment programme and bizarrely I was beaten by The Sound of Music live. <laughs> Uh, which was written. Do you know what? And, them, kids, <laughs> them kids are hot. And apparently, I like them. Well, and apparently, and apparently, I. Uh, I did, Is that the Doa Deer crew? Yeah. Von Trapps. I love Von the Doa Deer crew. Right. Von Trapp, yeah. isn't he? Von Trapp, please. Doa Deer, a female deer. Yeah. Yeah. League two, two of the year, Von this is a, is that, uh, This yeah. is a real fact. The, the little drummer boy, you know, the famous Bing Crosby, David Bowie song? Parumpa Pum Pum. Yeah, the Von Trapps were the first people to release that. The actual Before Bowie? Yeah, in, oh. back in the 50s when they were. No, no. Because no. they uh, became. Prince, <laughs> they, they used Prince drum break. I'm sure they yeah, must so have. So I left. Um, uh, I didn't realise the drink was going to be free at the BAFTAs. So, but if you can't get. I didn't realise. Right. Well, no, I did realise. I didn't realise the uh, drinks were going to be free at the BAFTAs. To be honest with you, mine, I, I, I didn't realise we were going to have to pay for some of our wine. I know, I guess. Yeah, or I might, I must say, trawled the tables quite well at the back end of the night. To at, be fair, as, as I tried to say, as I tried to say to Ali when I got home, if you can't get good-naturedly drunk on a day when your team gets in the, the yes. you know, cup final, and so I've got two. Funny enough, most of my abiding memories are pre six o'clock, but it's only just thinking, you know, because this this notion of the semi-final being at Wembley. It throws it a little bit because you, you leave Wembley or at half time and you're delighted to be coming back to Wembley, but it it does take a couple of days before it sinks in that you're actually in the FA Cup final. But my two abiding memories are first of all, we're in the pub in the West End, obviously, and this young Japanese couple came in and realised their mistake, but they went, they went up, they didn't leave for another two hours and they both had their faces painted red and blue and they'd learned the words to glad all over. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is brilliant and, then, and, then, and they still look like that to this day they, on, they was, on their two they, week trip to London and obviously they, you know, 200 Palace fans applauded them out but then my abiding memory is because we were sitting quite near Eddie Izzard it's like being in the 50s I was, like, I was expecting to get a rattle out because he was like literally at one stage he used the expression play up Palace and no then, and then use the phrase that was a peach of a pass. It was like, yeah, it was. It was, it was whilst, because yeah. uh, at West Ham, when I saw, when I saw Eddie, whilst yeah. wearing the, the, knee-high stiletto boots and, and, and well, some uh, of the uh, nicest also, makeup you've ever seen on anybody. Uh, also, on the subject of Prince, Eddie was on Have I Got News For You on, uh, on Friday night, which we record on Thursday evening, and he turned up in a rather fetching pink, pink beret. Yeah. And we went, Raspberry. Eddie, 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 that's a nice touch, wearing a raspberry beret. He said, well, what's happened? <laughs> well, Sorry, I jumped all over that, and I uh, apologise. Uh, but but the semi-final itself, it was it was kind of for once 
because Alan Pardew again had spoken a lot about he's got a sports psychologist that he uses and he brought in to talk to the players. And before the Leicester game, he talked about the psychologist. He talked what we weren't going to do to Leicester was no one's business. And so we're all a bit worried about the fact that he's had this psychologist. But for once, we looked like the team that were confident and happy. We, we, he did what Pardew did what we all wanted him to do is that in the last four games, he's had Zaha sub brought him on as an impact player. Yeah. He started with Zaha, he started Zaha, with Blasi. Is he, is he comfortable in that role though? Because he's not as an, better he's, coming back from Man U. He, you start with your best players in the big games, you've got to. And it's, it's unfair to keep asking Zaha to come on to win you the game yeah. or draw you the game. And he's a be, one of the best players. And right from the first, from the first get-go, we went at Watford and you could see they were, they were edgy about mm. Blasi. And even they equalised us just as I was leaving. But even then, I, I thought we'd win the game because we were... They did exactly what they did. And it was interesting to notice as Troy Deeney spent the whole week saying, we've got a lot of the same players that we had in 2013 in the playoff, as did we. And he said, we didn't turn up for that game. We owe it to the fans. And that was one of those things you think, that's, I'm quite pleased he's saying that. Because I think sometimes it gets... you. Gets, echo. You, you, yeah. e- echo. So, and you've got two teams turning up. Half of, half of one team had won there before. And, and the captain of the, the team that lost it before saying, we've got to do it, we've got to do it for the fans. Now, this is, you this put is, pressure on yourself oh, sometimes, please don't you? Please, so, totally. Of course, James, yeah. What, just, what's interesting, Mike, about this is, 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 is here we, this part of this conversation is interesting because now we're talking about a load of fellas who know Wembley through playoffs. Mm. We know a load of fellas who, who now know it through the semi-finals. Do you have a moral dilemma with Wembley as an occasion stadium beyond the fact that it gets just thrown out there for England Nationals and the FA Cup final? Yeah, I, I don't, I've never liked Wembley's venue. I just think uh, I, I think for semi-finals, there was a romance about going to yeah. ground, and that's something that everyone agrees on. It's not like anyone's ever said to me, oh, yeah, but you get to go to Wembley, but you don't win anything. Yeah. What's, what's the point in going to right. a semi-final? Well, you say everyone. I, I don't. Right, no, okay. So tell me why... This conversation, you know, because obviously Palace have done that thing there. They're going to play us there. I thought that United-Everton game was tremendous and yeah. exciting to watch on the telly. The games, are, the games can be good. I'm just saying that sometimes the problem is that the, there's there's a notion of I can't distinguish the FA Cups yeah. anymore. I can't right. distinguish the winners. Yeah. Do you know, and I think um, the, those certain games at Villa Park. I think it's abs- them absolutely because I think really. So the, yeah. the personality yeah. of the ground yeah. is yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Massively. it's different. There's two things. I think remember the first time they did it because it was Tottenham Arsenal back in 91 or whatever. Yeah, it was, because and they couldn't find a big enough ground, n- normal and neutral that, ground and, for and Tottenham that, Arsenal. And that, made, and that made sense. But then gradually this thing came in. And the thing is that it might be different for the younger Palace fans, but no Palace fan felt it was made better because it was at Wembley. It's like winning the semi-final, because we all... Villa Park is like a legend for us. Villa Park in 1990 will always... That's, it's the t- buzzwords for any Palace fan of that age. Steve Coppel, Villa yeah. Park. Because it was at Villa Park, which is a big ground anyway, and it, getting to Wembley is the, is the key. And it's like... You kind of had to pretend you weren't at Wembley, on. and I'd say, oh, okay, listen, I'd listen, say Wembley. Get into Wembley twice, yeah, so they, 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 which is not yeah, a phrase. It, then it, is it? I not, suppose it, yeah. it doesn't really. I'm not saying it takes the edge off it because it's brilliant. But the fact is, as well, and I don't care what anyone says, there were a few empty seats all round the ground for both for both right, Saturday, okay. for both Saturday and Sunday. It's not quite the same intensity. You don't approach it with the same nerves mm. as you do. And uh, Wembley Stadium itself, the, fan, the stewards and the staff at Wembley are fantastic. They've got it completely. No, it's a, it's a machine. Stuff. I mean, that but, was but, the, but, the, but, obviously part of it, but, which is the fun experience. Yeah, but bizarrely, in a way, that kind of because you the want tax. the queues outside. The you want 
it's, it's so smooth, and this is odd considering what, <laughs> exactly. we, considering what we started the show with, talking well, about Hillsborough, quite. but it, yeah, is, yeah. it is odd that you, you almost swished straight into the ground. You haven't got that... You, that magic of Wembley Way is gone anymore when you're just walking straight up, straight in the ground, you put your ticket it's in. It's too a, effective. Almost. Strange yeah. conversation. Well, no, yeah, too, effective is wrong. Too. Watch a gig it, at the O2. It, you don't it, remember. You know, it's, you, it's, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, there's something But down the dog or duck on a Wednesday when, well, it's, when no, the sweat's dripping off the ceiling. See some Bruce Springsteen at Old Court rather than seeing him at Wembley. I think the final will be different. And of course, no one will go... It will be different. The 1990 Cup final was awful because we were pressed up against the fence, again, ironically, for both games. The atmosphere, the first game was great. The atmosphere for the second game was poisonous. But the final will be a different thing because then you feel I'm at a Wembley, yeah. a Wembley Cup final. And, but it just it does take the edge off it being a. Because then the logic is you might as well go, I'll tell you what, we'll have the quarterfinals there as well. We've got two, we've got Arsenal, Tottenham again, or Liverpool, Everton again. I, Let's, I, you know. I feel bad. I, I don't mind. But that, I don't mind it. But I. I uh, but I get everything you're making, but like, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't mind, mind it. It, 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 it didn't ruin it. An example, just, it. There's an example. So Grimsby Town uh, playing there two weeks, and I don't know. If, uh, so another one of our guests at PFA is Lloyd Griffith. He is a he's a good I man. Lloyd. Lloyd, Lloyd comes from Grimsby. Oh, I, yeah. I can confirm <laughs> that. Oh, yeah. Having spent an evening <laughs> with you and Lloyd, yeah. uh, and it was uh, and, 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 and lovely fellows as well. But they're in this absurd position where they're playing the FA Trophy final. I don't know which way around it is, but then they're playing um, the playoff. So if they get the playoff final, it will be there. So it'll be the week after. And as you were saying, Kevin, if there's empty seats there. It detract, not only detracts from that, I think Grimsey got there and they still talk about the Wembley appearance from years ago and, um, and it was just such a fantastic thing and the place was full and the place was, was you, rocking. Was that your... Did you play that? No, one? no, I did not. You weren't there? I didn't, no. I got there. But it's, I was, it's the same in, in Scotland though because they went through a phase of every semi-final was played at Hampden Park, even if it was Dundee versus whoever, both of whom get average crowds of 10,000 at home. So you've got them all rattling around a half-empty yeah. And it takes away, and I'm sure, I think it's, we had this discussion, funny enough, on Sunday on the way to the game. I, I think one of the beautiful things about the playoffs, and I'm still not a huge fan, but one of the beautiful things about the playoffs is that there are teams that will get their chance to play at Wembley. And that is, that is fantastic. And we have seen but, sensational football games yeah, but, in playoffs. But, but having said uh, that, I'm sure if you asked a, a Grimsby fan, for want of a better example, or a Fleetwood fan, if you said to them, I'll tell you what, it's not going to be Wembley, but it's going to be at a full Old Trafford, I think they'd probably take that as well. You, yeah. In, yeah. Fact, in fact, maybe more so. If you said it's going to be a full Old Trafford, mm. and for most people, for most football fans, Old Trafford is as iconic yeah. as Wembley, yeah, which Wembley is a lovely stadium, but in the same way that the Etihad is or the Emirates is, and it's not. It, it, it's it's a great venue to yeah. watch football, but it doesn't feel like a football ground. Yeah. If you go to Old Trafford, yeah, all those places. You go to Old Trafford, you go, to, you go to Liverpool. Uh, it feels like. Lads, I want to finish on uh, uh, on uh, Neil Warnock. Uh, both of you have got. Uh, approach on this obviously Kevin directly as well but uh, yeah. you know because obviously he's had him in front of his football team but and in front of what, the cameras several times yes indeed yeah, yeah. but ridiculously successful you know to, to, to actually be run from through and, uh, and, and save their bacon but this is a man who basically packed it all in because his missus was ill you know yeah. and but but she said and she, he's, not least of which she's probably going like would you please get out of the house, <laughs> for God's sake, fussing over me and get out there and just go and 
do what you love doing. He knows he's not the most loved man in football, oh. but by God, he knows how to do a job, doesn't he? It's my, my first team. I signed for Plymouth Argyle the year he left, and then so his assistant, Kevin Blackwell, and Mick Jones, I think, were the managers. And the beautiful thing was the youth team were just rejoicing. And to be fair... <laughs> And I said, why are, you, why, are you, why are you guys so happy? They were like going, on a Sunday, he used to get us around his house to do his gardening for him. <laughs> so, <laughs> the youth team. And the worst thing is you had to go across the Tamar Bridge to go to Salt Ash to do his gardening. So you had to pay a pound to go across the bridge. So his youth team players <laughs> are like, the getting money. a cost of money to go and cut his grass. But he, he was like going, you know, you, you've, you've cut the manager's grass for him with a chance. But tell us, fellas at that, Neil Warlock patently knows his business at that level. It, does it work like that? I mean, in your career, have you found have you, have you come across work with managers who s- simply I, I don't know, simply is not right. Simply might be the case for some of them because they know where they stand and they say they're when they work forever, or fellas who just are built to work at a certain level. Yeah, his quote this week as well saying that no one can live with me at this level. There's no one better than me. And when you have a manager that believes in himself that much, yeah. you've got no choice. But he also creates these little inner sanctums like a lot of these good managers do where it's a cauldron in the dressing yeah. room. So you, yeah. I want to be a part of that or I'm going to have to yeah. get out. And Players t- like Sean Derry, for example. Exactly, for yeah. sure. Luke, 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 Luke against no, him. no. Luke, Sean Derry will yeah. run through brick walls for him. But what's interesting is because he's, cause he's a funny bloke, he's a self-aware bloke, he's a good interview. He is, but, but it's really odd because he's smarter than you think he thinks he, he wants is. you to be, but isn't the, he? The, yeah. the question that he will he hates being asked because he's inevitably asked it is why is it that you are such a brilliant manager at this level that it's never worked for you at the Premier League? And of course he doesn't ask that. And I spoke to a couple of Palace players when he was our manager when it was there was an initial burst of nobody wanted him to come as in as our manager, Steve Parrish. No one ever wants to want it. No, but Steve, Steve, Parrish, Steve Parrish liked him because Steve Parrish wanted an older man with, with knowledge of the game, basically, to, to sort of hold and his hand. And a 1970s haircut. Yeah, but, and first couple of games we played some quite exciting football. He likes a wide player, but then it resorted to very much archetypal Neil Warnock kick, bollock, scramble football. And it was clear what way we were going. And, and the reason it went... Wrong, and this is a time when you know when Ali was ill, so I wasn't. We played Southampton on Boxing Day, and he came in the dressing room, and Steve Parrish was in the dressing room. First time he'd ever been in the dressing room, so he's not really chairman, not really welcome. Warnock came in and said, We're going to play a diamond today against Southampton, and Punching went, None of us ever played a diamond, you've got to practice this sort of thing. And Warnock went, Abby, all right, fine. And we were free. Basically, that's the conversation in a sort of nutshell, but I spoke to several Palace players. <laughs> And I can't name the players, but I spoke to several Palace players I at the time. I do more is laissez-faire in that well, that's situation. What, but I, spoke yes. to, I spoke to several Palace players about Warnock, and they just went, it doesn't work at our level. You're talking at Premier League level, you're talking about slight differences, 5% differences. We're all fit, we're all athletes, we're all, we're all intelligent people. You can't be a Premier League footballer without a grasp of tactics and strategy. You, the 70s approach, you can't come in anymore, throw some jumpers on the floor get us running about the pit. You can't do that. It doesn't work at our level. It will work at a lower level with lesser players, but at the Premier League level, players just laugh but, at him. But that's like, the point, man, though, isn't know. it? Is that Peyton Lee, he's still got something. Whatever he's got, he's got it, isn't he? He's a, well, he's a football man, isn't yeah. he? He's that, who's one of them old die-in-the-wool football men. He's, uh, you know, but that's the thing, is I think what he has at lower level, and that's the thing that what the other one player in particular went, no, no one's scared of him in the Premier League. You, if he turns up at somewhere like Rotherham, the players are scared of him, his reputation. And he is Charlie Big Potato, isn't he? If he walks into a Premier League dressing room with players that are probably getting more than he is, with 
probably achieved more than he is. They don't. They're not, is it, you is can't it, shout at people d- like that. Does that it become similar to that though? If you're a footballer, can, can you watch a man walking around going like you know? The, the, that was one of the saddest got? things when Sturrock when Sturrock had did, did his job at Plymouth and took them as far as he could. Went to Southampton and he's lasted 44 days there, I think. And he literally was stood in the dressing room and he had James Beatty in there going, "You what, mate?" And then they just really? they, they, they nicknamed him. You know, it's like he was a bit scruffy because that's what, the way he was. But it was his disheveled was endearing at Plymouth and at, yes. at, at Southampton. It yeah, was yeah. it was what used against him. And you think this guy knows the game inside out. So it, it works both ways. But it's, Kevin's exactly right. The players, the way, the, players I, don't I, have I, to respect you; they respect you in a different. I can't way. remember who the manager was at Sunderland five or six years ago. He was promoted out of his league, and he gave this rebel rousing speech. And he said, "Yeah, you got to do it for your wives, your families. You got to pay the mortgages." And they all laughed. They went, "What's a mortgage? What's a mortgage?" <laughs> Basically, so it's that there are those differences. Yeah, that, it's very yeah. true. It's very true. And, and unfortunately, uh, we, what we didn't get to do is is discuss uh, our our first hand experience of watching uh, everyone walk up on stage uh, to pick up their uh, you know player of the year, young player of the year. In Kevin's case, um, dancing man <laughs> in. Tight trousers. <laughs> I don't know what happens to the BAFTAs, but uh, everybody, the most important thing is that uh, as we sit here and speak to you, justice for the 96 had happened. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And that was the whistleblowers. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network.